Henderson. It seems almost inconceivable that Arsenal can be caught out the same way twice. Again, it's just getting a run. It's almost just a, a repeat of what we saw in the first half. Well, these are the days that Tony Pulis really loves. Knocking the big boys about. James Milner so calm, so very, very calm. The sort of footballer you put your house on. And Liverpool lead at the Etihad. De Bruyne, Aguero! In a flash, he only needs a glimpse. Perpetual thorn in Liverpool's side. It's one each. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Working Channels podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Ryasin. You can find me on Twitter at Working Channels. Today I'm joined by Dion Byrne. Uh, hello, how you doing? And James Slater. Hey. So, James has some tragic news that he wants to bring up at the start of the show since it's a very local story and one that's very heartbreaking for us. So, if you want to go ahead with that. Um, Derry City Captain Ryan McBride sadly passed away on Sunday evening uh, at the age of 27. Um, tragic incident. Um, very tough on his family and friends. Condolences to them. and staff at Derry and uh, people in Derry and his friends and family and just such a tragic time so yeah like I said it's a very tragic story and for Derry as well it's been a tragic past 12 or so months with uh, maybe it was, I think it was a year ago to the day uh, on Monday possibly the Bonkrana tragedy where the uh, the family drowned in their car on the pier and that was the family of Josh Daniels he lost his mother sister and brother-in-law in that accident and he also uh, also for Derry City Mark Farron passed away from a brain tumour as well possibly 12 months yeah. ago in around that time period so it's a very tough time for the club and we just want to send them our best wishes here from the yeah. podcast so we'll move on and talk about the Premier League anyway at the top of the show and uh, uh, the Arsenal-West Brom game it was quite it was depressing in its own right as well for myself as an Arsenal fan what did you think about it James we'll start with you what were your thoughts on the game I mean I, I don't know how to sum it up really I mean there's the the defending in the game was absolutely terrible. Um, the zonal marking, Arsenal just couldn't deal with the heightened power of uh, the West Brom defenders, and uh, it was it was pretty disastrous most of the game to be honest. Yeah, it was terrible. That uh, Arsenal have been uh, bandied about as being very weak at the back for a long time now. Dion, as another Arsenal fan, what are your thoughts on the game and how do you think that Arsenal are getting on in general this season? It's been a bit depressing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much the same story every season and every time we face a team like. That's Tony Pulis kind of team. Same story, more of the ball, just more more shots, just everything. But they just beat us in set pieces constantly and we're just so vulnerable. Uh, on the season as a whole, not really surprised, just not good enough. There's clearly Fengers, his tactics are not working and they're, it's just it's pathetic. It is quite pathetic to see it from an Arsenal fan. The players display as well on the pitch. Even you mentioned the tactics, but I feel like they're just lacking the motivation themselves on the pitch to even go out and do themselves proud, do the team proud, do Arsene Wenger proud, a man who showed so much faith in them. But uh, Dawson was got an end of two almost identical corners to score at the far post when everyone crowded to the near post. Ramsey jumped out of his way. Players, it was just quite embarrassing to see it from even from a, a third party perspective. I think it would just be quite embarrassing to look at James from someone who's looking in from the outside what did you think about how poor Wenger's uh, defensive tactics were I mean set pieces set pieces it was pretty disastrous I mean uh, the Ramsey incident kind of reminded me of uh, a bit of murder soccer jumping out jumping out of the way of Anfield a bit when Liverpool scored Um, but you know it's it's pretty shocking from Arsenal you'd expect better from Wenger as well he's a top coach he he's a good tactician as well Um, and that's that's Arsenal have lost four of their last six games in all competitions. You know, it's it's not good enough. So, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. But well, I was gonna say uh, the, about the Ramsey getting out of the way. What it did remind me of is Ozil's uh, kind of cowardice when he shied away from jumping up with Ashley Williams at uh, Goodison Park, yeah. a player who's been conspicuous by his absence. What are you making of his absence and his call up to the Germany squad subsequently? Uh, yeah, well, his absence—I don't really think it's had much of an effect. He's just been—he's been poor all season. He's doesn't—it doesn't seem to matter who plays. It's just there's something wrong inside the club because. It's the same problems year in, year out. Like for the past ten years you can point out Arsenal's frailties and like just set pieces, just being the mentality's never been there and just always bottling it and yeah, just constant also. Uh I'm not too keen on him. I I was a big fan but recently he's just not performed at all and I would cash in on him. He's I think we get a better player in that position. Yeah, I feel especially with the frailties Arsenal are showing, a 4-2-3-1 is especially in these, not even in a bigger game, but in a game like this, uh, more solidity is probably required in a 4-3-3 or a, sub, a formation in the same vein would probably help out a lot more. But you mentioned his uh, kind of lackluster displays and kind of how they've been kind of pathetic. You said, I think that Arsenal's apathetic approach in general in the past few years has really made me kind of apathetic to the club as a general. It's really worn me down and grated me down to the point where I don't care as much as I did even say five years ago, what happens to Arsenal, and it's kind of, it's kind of depressing. And I feel it's time for the club to make a change for the better or the worse. I'm starting to to move towards that. I don't want Wenger to resign, but there's a because there was reports, uh, contrasting reports in England. John Cross of the Mirror has reported that Wenger decided to stay, and the contract's still on the table. But there was reports in Germany from uh, Build and papers that uh, Thomas Tuchel was approached. So, uh, as an Arsenal fan, what is your preferred, uh, I suppose, action to take? Well, we all know that it's not the board's choice. Well, it's, it's just Wenger's choice. If he wants to leave, he'll leave. If he wants to stay, he stays. Like it's known, he's not going to be pressured to leave. He's not going to be hounded out of the club. Uh, I wouldn't like him to be, but I think there probably does need to be a change. The atmosphere is just toxic right now. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, I'm not too sure about him. He's uh, he seems he hasn't he hasn't really impressed me in many games. I've uh, watched Dortmund and they just they're. They're not doing too well in the Bundesliga as well, which yeah. kind of backs up your point. They're, I like uh, Max Allegri. I think he did a decent job at Milan. He had a lot of his key players sold, like Ibrahimovic and Thiago Silva. After that, they struggled. But then he got the Juventus job and uh, took when he took over from Conte and he really just took them to the next level. He got them Champions League final and they just they seem like one of the elite clubs in Europe again. So uh, he seems to be interested as well. So I'd like to try him if Fenger's not going to stay. Yeah, I feel Allegri would be a good, a great appointment as a as a whole. He's complete. He'd be a, uh, he's more of a pragmatic coach. And you mentioned he had a lot of players sold out from underneath him at Milan by Berlusconi, but he still did very well in his last full season, coming third in Serie A without players like Ibrahimovic and Thiago Silva, like you said. But how much do you think Wenger's reputation will be tarnished if he stays on? Do you think that he should have left at the end of his last contract in 2014 on a high after winning the FA Cup and the Arsenal's trophy draw? Well, I remember at the time, I maybe a month before, I said he should leave. At before the FA Cup final, but then when he won it, I kind of felt like it was his second. He was there for that was his sixteenth year, I think. Yeah. The first eight years are very good. Then the second eight years, there's kind of just not the same. Just t- finishing top four seemed to be the goal. Yeah. Then I thought, right, these next seven eight years, whatever, that could be a new change. So I thought that if he stayed again, it might bring a diff- something different. But it's actually just been the exact same. So I think he should have probably. Left it, left on a high in 2014. It was such a 
great way to leave, like last minute goal from Aaron Ramsey, someone he showed great faith in and yeah, it's just not worked out after that really at all. Yeah, I agree. I think 2014 would have been the perfect time for him to leave. Uh, his contract situation probably isn't the only thing that's going up in the air. Uh, Alexis and Ozil are also have their contracts running down. But James, you want to say something? Um, I think I think the next six months uh, are very very pivotal in the future of Arsenal, depending on what happens. I mean, if Wenger goes and they get a decent manager in that can maybe try and convince Sanchez to stay, you know, you never know. Maybe convince Ozil to stay as well. Um, even Steve Bold as well has been linked with uh, working at Manchester City because some people believe that he's the person that can help John Stones defend better um, and become a more solid defender. So the next six months uh, in Arsenal's future are, are it's very interesting times for Arsenal as a football club in the future. Yeah, it's about, you say the next six months because uh, in six months' time the transfer window will be closed. What do you think Arsenal need to do? Would you cash in? I'll ask both of you individually. I'll ask uh, James. I'll ask you first. What would you do with the Ozil and Sanchez situation? Would you keep one, sell one? Would you sell them both? Try and keep them both to the end of their contracts? What is your preferred method with that? I mean, it depends what manager comes in and what other signings they make. But I think um, I think Sanchez has to go. I mean, the sulking he's done over the last six weeks. Jens Lehmann's come out and said that he needs to stop it. Um, I'd probably I'd probably sell Sanchez maybe possibly try and keep uh, Ozil for another year, possibly. Yeah, I feel if either of them are open to staying, it would be Ozil more than Alexis. You mentioned Jens Lehmann. i seen a good quote about him saying uh, in a paper in Germany uh, the last night about the, the plane flying over the Emirates Stadium, which we haven't mentioned, we'll mention that in a second. Lehmann said <laughs> that the player should have kicked it out of the sky <laughs> in support of their manager. It just shows what a crazy character Lehmann is. And yeah. Arsenal squad maybe lacking in that area before I move on to Dion to ask him about the Alexis Nose situation. What do you think about that? Do you feel we're missing leaders on the pitch as well as leaders above board? Um, leaders on the pitch, definitely. A winning mentality as well. I mean, um, I thought I thought when they um, got Sanchez as a good was an excellent signing because he knows how to win trophies. He's He's been very successful in his career. But, um, yeah, l- lack of winning mentality and not enough leaders as well, definitely on the pitch. Um which is a real worry. And you can see that there's turmoil uh, in the atmosphere at the club as well with former players coming out, talking about it um, in detail, like Ian Wright and Robert Perez and Jens Lehmann now. So obviously obviously, uh, times are tough at Arsenal at the minute. Yeah, that's a good point. Dion, you mentioned you the cashing on Ozil this summer. What would you do with the Alexis situation then? Uh, it's a more difficult one, I'd say, than the Ozil. Yeah, I'm possibly. not too sure. Ozil as well, he's just, I feel tactically we can't, like you're talking about playing four three three, yeah. we definitely can't do that also because he's he won't track back enough on the wing and he's just too frail or just not good enough for playing centre mid. So I I would cash in them because I also want to play four three three. Alexis, uh, I'm not I'm not too keen on him up front. Like he he's he, I know he scored a lot of goals, but he's dropping far too deep to try and get involved and play. Yeah, and I'd rather have a natural striker. Then if, when he's playing out left, he is he's quite frustrating. I think I do think there are better options out there than him, and I do think we can get a lot of money from, especially from like China or somewhere. Even PSG, he's he's had a very good season. I'm sure a lot of teams will be after him, but I've just never been his biggest fan, so I would cash in. Yeah, after his first probably six months at the club, where he was absolutely outstanding, I feel his performance as a whole of the, this year, his stats and his performances, he really has dragged Arsenal in a few games. Yeah, he, he's had great. He's, he does have great stats. I just feel his. They do mask his like gameplay. Like he'll yeah, score his overall play. I agree yeah, his that. goals. He'll he'll score a lot of goals and get a lot of assists. He's very very involved. Like the players are constantly looking to him to do something. But 
I do feel, feel disappointed a lot of times by him. Yeah, I do too. I feel like the, you, you mentioned the players look at him, and I feel that's a maybe holding them back a little bit as a club in general. Even though they they proved they're not actually maybe good enough when they, he was left out against Liverpool in the first half. But just a stat that I have prepared, I just want to mention: he scored a goal. He scored zero point four six goals a game, so just over every two games from left wing for a lot of his time at Arsenal. That's a good stat. But like you mentioned, the stats don't tell everything for Alexis. It's just sometimes his overall performance. If he has an off day, he has a very very bad day at the office as well. So I guess we'll leave the Arsenal situation at that. Uh, actually, you know, I'll end it with this. James, do you want Wenger to go or do you want Wenger to stay? Um, it's, it's a tough one. I think maybe go, go. Uh, finally. And you, Dion? Uh, I'm going to say stay. I'm so torn. My opinion changed like a pendulum. This. I go from one side to the other yeah, I'm constantly. The it's, I feel like a change is is, is uh, imper- pivotal to the club. Maybe not just Wenger leaving, but just reforming the entire backroom staff around him, maybe. Do, do you think if a new manager comes in, say... Allegri or Simeone, like realistically, do you think Arsenal would finish above City, Chelsea? Like, do you think they should be finishing in them places or third or fourth? Is that is Wenger finishing where about Arsenal should be? Yeah, see, that's the thing. I think that's a very good point because uh, James was saying to me off the air that Wenger's only won three league titles in his twenty years at the club. But my response to that was that Wenger's uh, <laughs> Wenger's teams have not always been the best in the league. They shouldn't be expected to be one in the league. He's maybe had the best team. Maybe I'd say maybe five times of those 20 years. Maybe a little bit more if I'm being a little bit harsh on the Arsenal team. But uh, like I don't feel he should be expected to win the league every year. Ferguson didn't win the league every year. I know three out of 20 seems like a very, very harsh thing. Yeah, it's well weird when you think about it, how low it is. Yeah. But, but at that time, you have to uh, remember, he had to sell off a lot of the Invincibles team to pay yeah. for the Emirates Stadium. Now is the time where it's more disappointing in his career, more than the time the past, maybe the past 10 years. This year in particular, it's felt very disappointing because he hasn't, kind of kicked on from the finishing and fourth with the much better squad we've definitely had the money to spend in recent times as well like yeah. 35 million on Mustafi 35 yeah, million on Xhaka almost spent in the summer and we've you kind of say we've, we've gone backwards yeah. as, as definitely dependent on whether they finish in the top four because um, I'm not sure whether it's true or not but I heard a rumour that there's a clause um, in the contracts he signed where if they don't finish in the top four, then the owners have the option to sack him if they want. I'm not sure whether that's true or not, but who Wenger? Yeah, Wenger. Uh, well, his contract's done at the end of the year anyway. But if he sends a new one, that probably that clause will probably disappear if that is a yeah. that's a thing. So I I feel depressed talking about the Arsenal game for this long. So we'll move on to Liverpool Man City game. The game was hailed as one of the one of the best games of the season. I didn't I only caught the highlights to be completely honest with you. But uh, what were your thoughts on the game? Do you almost start with you in this one? Uh, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne and he impressed me a lot in the game. Uh, and he is pretty poor against Monaco. Him and Silva, that's a criticism I have of them a lot. They don't get, they don't do it enough in the big away games, especially in the Champions League. I just feel that's a lot of City players, their big players don't show up in them games. But despite the fact that they drew at home to Liverpool, which games they should be winning, they really did put in a good display. Uh, and yeah, I was just very impressed by City overall. But Liverpool played well too. Yeah, and what would you say about your thoughts of the game as a Liverpool fan, James? Um, surprisingly, um, I, I thought we did play well, but I would think that uh, us being maybe the fresher team, that we would we would have been able to do better. I mean, there was times in the second half when Yaya Toure couldn't keep up with Mane or Firmino uh, playing in behind them, and we didn't capitalise on that. Um, so that was a disappointment. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think Man City played excellently as well. Um, 
they were lucky not to score more than one. They possibly could have got three. And Lalana missed a sitter as well in the penalty area. That should have yeah, been that was a- should have been a goal. But um, yeah, James Milner scoring against his ex club as well. He scored he scored. Uh, seven penalties out of seven now. So there was a lot of pressure against his he ex scored, club. Every time he scored, he's won. That's an amazing stat. Oh, really? like, yeah, it's mental. Yeah, and he's uh, against his old club. Like there was pressure. So fair play to him. But yeah, I think overall a draw. Both teams played well. Draw was fair. You mentioned Milner scored seven penalties this season. He's not actually missed a penalty since 2009, which is a pretty, yeah. a pretty crazy stat when you think about it. And uh, you mentioned De Bruyne had a good game too. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne hit the post, of course, after a great bit of play from Sané and Aguero in the. It led to a great chance where they hit the post. That was City's 16th time hitting the woodwork this season, which is the joint first. So how do you think Pep's getting on in his first season? Do you feel he's been a little bit disappointing? Or do you reckon that the City team shouldn't be... When you look at it, there's a lot of flaws in the City team. Do you reckon that he should have done better anyway, regardless? Mm. I, I think the flaws were there to see. Like, see. like last season, they were a very bad City. Very bad last year. I, I don't know how they got to the Champions League semi-final. It was a very poor City team and... The weaknesses in the team, we, everyone knew what they were. It was a fullback, especially, and then their midfield wasn't very strong. Like against City, the midfield three was like De Bruyne, Silva, and Yayatura. That is not very. It's not good. a balanced midfield. Yeah, I it's say. it's very attacking and like not. Like, Yayatura is not very like. He's definitely past it. So yeah. I just I think Pep Guardiola should have addressed the situation in the summer. He probably had a lot of faith in his players, but. Yeah, he's playing like people at collar off centre back, and uh, Fernandinho's played left and right back this season. It's just, yeah, uh, he's just def- a problem. He's tried Zabaleta in midfield as well. Sometimes. Yeah, it, it's I, mental. I agree. And you mentioned the City's woes at fullback. It was Gail Clichy who gave away the penalty. Why have City not upgraded on their fullbacks? They have Clichy and Sanya as probably, I wouldn't say their first choice in both positions, but they have City, uh, Clichy and Sanya at least in a rotation system for them. And they're players who were maybe good, good, but, well, especially. In Sanya's case, he was very good, but Clichy was a, a good but not great fullback for an Arsenal team that was chastised for finishing fourth every season. Why did City think that going for him as their first choice fullback for when did he sign? 2009, 2010, 11 in those times. He's been their fullback for maybe five years. I feel that's a bit. It just shows that City aren't really recruiting in the best way possible. So, who do you think would be a good option for a City to replace that fullback? So I feel that's a very key area for a Guardiola team and for the City team because they're lacking in it. Um, I'd say I, I don't know I mean there's quite a few positions in their team that uh, a lot of players are in the at, are at the wrong age like Zabaleta and Yaya Toure and uh, Vincent Company as well isn't he isn't like a young player um, so they do need to freshen up in a lot of places but um, you know Hector Bellerin's been linked um, uh, with the with the Man City move I don't think that will happen um, but you know it depends on what Guardiola does, especially with the defensive setup. I mean, uh, there's been some uh, rumors going that you know Steve Bold might go because he might be the man to help John Stones become a top class defender. So I don't know. It's all up in the air at the moment. Uh, depending on it depends on where they finish uh, in the league as well. I think defines what happens in the summertime. Yeah, that's a good point. And we'll just uh, one last point on a city game is that uh, Willie Caballero I thought had quite a decent game from what I seen. He made a few good saves. Uh, Claudio Bravo left out again. What do you guys think, make of his signing? Apparently, it's come out that uh, he wasn't actually Guardiola's first choice. It was actually Ter Stegen, and Bravo was second, third, or fourth on the list uh, that he gave to his transfer committee. So, what do you think of Bravo? How do you think that they need to sign a new goalkeeper again in the summer? Should they give Joe Hart another chance, or should they stick with Willie Caballero? I mean, Caballero's not a young goalkeeper either. Joe Hart, the Joe Hart situation is 
up in the air as well. Bravo. I think Guardiola, the way Guardiola wanted to play from the back, I think he was shocked by how quick the pace of the Premier League, Premier League actually is. And uh, you could see Bravo was kind of struggling with that a little bit. Um, so there's definitely all areas of the pitch that they need to look at. But yeah, I think the goalkeeper situation um, is very complex. You know, they've got three goalkeepers in Hart, Caballero and Bravo. And, um, you know, it's not clear who they're going to have next season. They might not have either of them. But yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a funny situation. And Dion, if you were going to upgrade your goalkeeper, uh, who would your move be if you were in charge of the city transfer committee? Uh, I'm not... I'm not entirely sure. I think Caballero's quite a good goalkeeper. He was very good at Malaga. I agree. And I haven't. Re- I don't really remember many mistakes he's made at City. Every time I've seen him, he seems quite reliable. It reminds me of like Navas at Madrid. He's not like yeah. a star name or anything. They really wanted to hear when Navas is a perfectly good goalkeeper. I think uh, Caballero's perfectly suited to the way they play as well. And I can't really think of many. I, they've been linked with uh, Ederson from Benfica. He's only 23. Uh, but yeah, I think I don't think Bravo's worked out at all, and I'd say he could be moved on somewhere if they're looking at other options. That's a good point. And do you have anything more to say about the city game, or should we move on to the? Uh, we'll move on. We'll move on. So uh, West Ham hosted Leicester. Uh, Leicester continued their uh, run with a three-two win. They've won all four games on the bounce since Shakespeare took over, and Lanzini's free kick was was quite impressive. I have to say, did you guys? What do you guys make of that? It was excellent. Yeah, I mean. I mean, three goals so fast in the game. You you wondered how many goals there was going to be, whether it was going to be a classic or not. But yeah, I think Lanzini, Lanzini's wonderful free kick was excellent. Um, and you thought West Ham were going to get back in the game, but you know Vardy made a three-one in the thirty-eighth minute, and an extra, and there was a whole half to go, and you would you didn't know what happened. But yeah, five goals in that game. It was it was a brilliant game. So it was. It was very impressive, and uh, we'll move on then. Do you have anything to say on that one, Dion? Ah, uh, no, I think has to go. Yeah, so uh, Everton uh, hosted Hull uh, and they won 4-0. Lukaku got another two goals. Uh, he has scored 41% of Everton's goals in the league this season. That's 21 goals. He's the top scorer in the league. And he's just come out saying that... Well, not just come out. He's come out last week saying that he doesn't want to stay at Everton. He's not going to sign a new contract. What do you guys make of that? Both him and Barkley are being linked with moves away. So who do you think is more vital, I suppose, to them? It's definitely Lukaku, but go on. Yeah, it's definitely Lukaku. Barkley's... His form's been decent this season. He's picking up a bit of form now since Tom Davies coming to the side, strangely enough, as Everton have been picking up form too. But um, Lukaku's definitely, he's a vital player for them every season. He's just top goal scorer, just important to the way they play. But uh, I don't know like which big clubs would really, who who would you say he'd go to? Or who, be, Lukaku? Yeah. There's links with Chelsea again. And if Costa does go in the summer, it would make sense. But Do you think he's Chelsea will want to be challenging for the Champions League or I I I don't think he's that level of striker to be honest. He's been he's been linked to the Man United spot as well because there's been rumours that Ibrahimovic might go to America in the summer. Do you think so. him and Mourinho will be buddies again? Or? Um, well, I think uh, Lukaku kind of did, kind of uh, come back on his stance from that where he was very yeah. anti Mourinho when he first ended up leaving. But I feel he's kind of forgiven Mourinho for it, and he's come on a lot as a player for it, and he probably sees in hindsight that it probably was the right decision for him to leave. But I I don't see him going to United because United are all I think like a handful of strikers like there's like Griezmann, Griezmann yeah. Kane as well the links always going to be there until it just doesn't happen and he's in his thirties and <laughs> Lukaku now too and just every it seems every good striker gets linked with Manchester United I feel like with the uh, we'll, we'll I'll leave Man United until we get to them anyway but so Lukaku yeah, I don't see what other clubs he'll really be going to I could see him fitting in Atletico perfectly but do they have the money to pay for him Do you think he's 
a good pressing kind of player the way Atletico player like I feel like, like good, I feel his attributes for it really I f- but if Simeone's going then probably not yeah he, I'd say he'll stay next year because they're moving into the new stadium he'll stay one year but that's what he said yeah he's the he's also the first Everton player ever to score 20 Premier League goals in a single season so really that's yeah he's, he's done brilliant so he's done very very good this year and uh, Barkley as well uh, at the end of the season Lukaku's going to have two years left on his contract and Barkley will only have one year on his contract I think Barkley's been linked with City I'm not 100% sure I've seen him linked with Chelsea and United both a lot in the past but where would you see him going if he's going to go because that's a difficult one like I don't I wouldn't uh, necessarily see him in a top four club I'd see him maybe at Spurs yeah I was about to say Spurs. Spurs that's the only team I can think of but I don't he wouldn't fit in at City definitely not, not. Li- he wouldn't go Liverpool I can't see him fit in Arsenal so yeah Ch- Chelsea are Spurs but that's Chelsea's a push anyways I, yeah, I can't see that happening I can't see it happening either and it's a bit weird where would you see him going James would you see him going abroad maybe uh, no I, I, can't, I can't see I can't see yeah. Ross Barkley in the Spanish league or the German league really um, he's new guys I go to Italy play for Lazio I think um, I think I think him staying in England is definitely a priority because he's still got a lot he's still got a lot of development to go um, but I think if he finds the right club and he gets playing and he performs well and works hard. I think um, I think he has a good shot of doing well in his career. But um, yeah, it's it's you don't really know. I can't see him at a top four club either. Um, I can see him going to Man City maybe just to add up some just add to up be some a English player, yeah homegrown players and stuff. But um, replace Delph on the bench. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure about. I think Barkley will still be at Everton next season, but I'm not sure about the rest of the rest of his career. Yeah, Everton have loads of midfielders as well. That's true. It's, it's crazy. So. Like he he's getting in the team right now, but if his form dips, yeah, someone's might, just he, there ready to take his place. Yeah, everyone have been quietly doing very very good. They're eleven like points at Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah, but Arsenal do have two games. Yeah. I don't want to say that. But they they since they beat Arsenal, they've been so quietly impressive, just winning on a consistently. Kuman is doing a very good job again. Do you? I'll mention it now, just as a notable. I wasn't really going to mention it, but do you think he could be the one for the Barcelona job at the end of the year when Enrique goes? Um, it's been slimmed in Spain from my uh, from what I've seen on social media. It's been seen with like a bit of derision, like "oh, we don't want Cuban." But I feel like he's he's done a great job in England. Anyway. I would, I would, I, uh, from his past playing days at Barcelona, he's a legend there. I would actually like to see him manage Barcelona one day, but I think it's I think it's soon. a bit too soon yet. I mean, he's only in his first year at Everton. I'd like to see him do well at Everton first and maybe achieve a couple of things. But yeah, definitely in the future, definitely in a couple of years, I'd definitely like to see him manage in Barca. Yeah, he's done well. He did, I think one thing that's uh, why he's not held as in, in high regard in Spain is because he failed at Valencia, but I suppose everyone's really failed at Valencia since Prandelli's failed, Neville's yeah. failed, Nuno's failed. It's, you can just count them on, just count them down. Uh, that's kind of depressing for, for Valencia, but uh, I can't even remember where I was before that. Koeman. He's done a great job. Do you reckon that Everton, next season, if they can keep this up uh, and build on this momentum, do you think they could be a challenger for the top four? It wasn't too long ago Felipe Claire took them to win the title under Roberto Martinez after the season they just missed out in the Champions League. But did I, he actually? He did actually in his garden. Oh yeah. my god, that's worse than Barragán Dining saying uh, Aston Villa <laughs> when they beat Arsenal in the opening day. Uh, that was bad. That was funny. Uh, no, nah, I, I can't see everything coming or challenging top four. I think they're doing very well but I just think the other teams are far too strong right now. Yeah. Even though they are challenging it's just they'd have to spend a lot of money and Get a lot, just a lot of new players. Like Kevin Morales isn't the kind of player, yeah. or even uh, Leighton Bainty's getting old. Getting They'd have to replace a lot of players. Jaggy Elka's getting old. Well, Gareth Barry as well. Goalkeeper. Right. Like, they got Schneiderlin, though, which is a pretty good I'd, player. Uh, I'd go Gay for Hart well. if I was them. 
go for heart. Yeah, for in goals. Yeah, like, there's Declanberg and Robles. Robles you know, neither De- of them just neither of them inspire confidence in me. But then again, neither does Joe Hart. What I would do if I was an Everton, man, Everton manager, I would sell Lukaku and Barkley, replace them both with Wayne Rooney, two players in one. <laughs> <laughs> I would like. I would like to see Wayne Rooney go back to Everton. I'm not gonna lie. I, he I, I, Everton yeah, team. I don't. I wouldn't even start him for Everton to be honest. No way. Would I start but him. the thing is, his wages would be sky high as well. Yeah, it's, it's a good story, but I just don't think it would. It would work. Yeah. He's not even good enough for the England and team. And he's United badge against Everton too, which is kind of weird. So, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of the United badge, we'll move on to the Manchester United game. Uh, they beat Middlesbrough three-one away. A last-minute goal from Valencia in stoppage time made it look a lot. I suppose, more routine than it was. Uh, against a team that doesn't score any goals, Mourinho switched to playing five at yeah. the back, <laughs> which is just, it's just peak Mourinho, really. It's just, ah, oh, it was, I didn't watch the game myself. It didn't really, when I seen it was five at the back, it didn't appeal to me. But uh, I seen the highlights again, like I mentioned with the, the previous game, and oh, Jesus, it was <laughs> another slip from Valdez. He's not been too error prone in the premiership, but when you look back at his career, he's made some some big errors, I suppose. I'd say the one that really sticks out to me was uh, he got nutmegged by Blaise Matuidi from about 25 yards. He spilled it between his own legs. And he's just been, always been a bit error prone to me. But he's, at the same time, I feel he's very underrated. I don't know. Underrated yeah. shot stopper, I think. He's uh, he's great with Watts' feet. You wouldn't, you would have thought maybe Guardiola would have. Barca. If Guardiola looked at him in the summer, wasn't he a free agent? Yeah, he was. He could have maybe done a job for City. Would you say he's... He was only at Barca three years ago, was it? Yeah. Two or three years ago. The only ago. reason he didn't move to a, a massive club was because he had an injury as well. Yeah. Like, he was all set to go to, I think, Monaco as well. For yeah. the pay they went he could still the be their first choice right now if nothing happened to him. Yeah. Because I doubt they would have replaced him. They've show, this shows like, great faith in him from when he was young and he's repaid them, but... Yeah, he yeah. should be Barca's first choice. We His career's to just rapidly gone down. Oh, He's at Middlesbrough now. From, from winning the Champions League with Barcelona to... Competing with Brad Guzan for Middlesbrough. Oh, dear. They'll, so they'll be in the Championship next season too, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Valdez will have to go. And his uh, rare appearances at United, he was pretty good from what I've seen of him. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, and Van Gaal really... Hated him, he had a tough time Man United though because he's had some past history with Mourinho especially with the Inter Milan game when Mourinho ran onto the pitch yeah that's Valdez true. was that's a funny club. when Valdez was running after him so <laughs> they did have a bit of a past history but no I, I definitely like Valdez um, as a keeper he is error prone sometimes but no I think I think he's a good goalkeeper yeah I feel like a good keeper I feel he could do a good job for City or have probably not Barcelona anymore I think I when you're playing with your feet as well you're bound to be error prone yeah it's very likely yeah definitely so uh, Middlesbrough are, oh wait, sorry, go on shockingly in the game as well um, there was an incident with uh, Rudiger's dead and Eric Bailly as well yeah. and there hasn't oh, been yeah. there hasn't been any talk um, about a possible ban or anything everyone's just kind of put it under the bus really no one's really mentioned it at all I mean if you look at the footage there's there's a bit of evidence there that should be studied and it should, should be verified whether it was a bite or not but yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of gone under the radar completely at the moment. What is a uh, think of Phil Jones for him? He's quietly come come, come back from injury, almost, done yeah. very well. Remember Ferguson three years ago said he could be the greatest player yeah. Man United have ever had. <laughs> That's not going to happen, obviously. But yeah, it still could happen. He's uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> he's he's impressed when I've watched him so far this season, and he's. He looks to be getting back to his best. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel he was uh, very good in his early days at United playing. He's been in central midfield. But uh, his form is kind of in complete contrast to Chris Small, who's kind of completely fallen off this year, which is really annoying me because when he came good almost last year, I was a, a massive fan of him. And he just... what I don't know what happened to him. He doesn't have yeah. Blinn telling him what to do every two I seconds. Think, I think the mistake against Middlesbrough kind of summed it up, really. It was Yeah, he wasn't was, great against... Germany last night. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was pretty bad against... Uh, the, the mistake against Middlesbrough. But, um, yeah... Yeah, so we'll move on from the uh, from the Middlesbrough game and talk about uh, 
Spurs sticking on since. Deli Alley's penalty proved to be the winner. That was his 14th league goal of the season. What what a brilliant signing and inspired signing he's been from MK Dons in League One, or where I'm not even sure if they're playing League One at the time when they signed him. But like he's just been amazing, I suppose. He had a poor Euros, but he was amazing last season until his red card against Chelsea and this season as well. So what do you make of Ali and Spurs in general? Um, Dele Ali has been fantastic this season. Um, uh, when when he was before he moved to Spurs, I heard uh, heard about the rumours that he was linked with Spurs, but I heard, Liverpool he, as well. I heard he was linked with Liverpool as well. And I had absolutely, I didn't have, um, I didn't know much about him at all. I don't think I ever saw him play during the time he was at MK Dons. But just looking back now, you just you wish you wish that Liverpool, uh, as a Liverpool supporter, I wish that my club signed him. But yeah, I mean he's done he's done fantastic so far. Still extremely young. He's still got still got a lot of time left in his career. Um, and yeah, he's he's just been he's been one of uh, Spurs' star players this season, along with Harry Kane. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I love Deli Ali. I think he's a fantastic player. I also think that he's not really playing in midfield. He's playing kind of v- off the striker almost, uh, like, almost as a striker. Yeah, it's say. basically a striker now. And the midfield too of like Wanyama and Dembele that really helps them because oh, it's a brilliant base it, to work. If you from. look at his like heat maps, he's always just near the. He's literally, I've seen a few where he's ahead of Kane. Yeah, like where his average position is ahead of Kane. So he's he's not his performance is like he's. I seen a stat the last day of the fifty players in the Premier League this season to attempt 50 dribbles or more he's had the lowest completion rate oh wow I didn't uh, see that. so and his passing his passing's decent he's kind of, he's just a good poacher he's uh, but yeah what a player I, th- I think he'll be special yeah I feel like technically he's not as good as some of the other players England have produced but I feel like he has the mentality and he just can't stop scoring really and that's what your, the games come down to at the end of I the think, day I think he has a bit of a disciplinary problem yeah, as well I mean some people say um, it's good that he wants to win for the team and he works hard and he he'll do anything to win. But I think he does have a side to him that's it's a bit too rocky. It's it's a bit too indisciplined and he's still a young player. Like, but I think I think he needs to work on that as well. He's uh, he had a tough upbringing actually. He was uh, brought up in a foster home. I think, oh really? Yeah, I think his dad left him. That's why he is a uh, deli on the back of his oh, shirt. Oh, I definitely didn't know that. And uh, his mum was an alcoholic, so he's brought up by strangers or maybe his grandparents I'm not too sure that's a really that's a really good story from Rags to Riches literally then so we'll move on from the Spurs game and talk about uh, Stoke Chelsea that game ended in the same score 2-1 to Chelsea Chelsea just keep grinding out wins Gary Cahill wins at the death this time in the 87th minute so what do you make of we'll just quickly talk about this one because everyone basically knows Chelsea are going to win the, t- win the league this season but how good do you think Conte, a job Conte's done we'll just say that um, he's he's done fantastic. I mean, I think Chelsea are going to win the league. I think he's I think he's definitely done probably for manager of the season. Yeah, um, I th- I thought the Stoke game was going to finish one one, and I thought a point away to Stoke is pretty good because it's a tough place to go sometimes, depending on the day, depending on whether Stoke uh, turn up or not. But yeah. uh, when Cahill scored, you could see the delight in Conte celebrating as well. He he knows it's it's pushing them ever closer to winning the title. So. Yeah, in his first season uh, winning the titles, it's a great achievement. A very good achievement indeed. And what do you think of Conte this season, Dion? Uh, yeah, definitely manager season. I did think them and Liverpool would challenge because yeah. they don't have European football, but I don't think Chelsea would be this consistent. And especially in September, they drew at Swansea and then lost two in the bounce to Liverpool and Arsenal. Yeah. I thought uh, he was a bit, of, a bit of trouble there, but he's come back just amazingly. The team just w- works very hard and... 
Uh, yeah, definitely manager season, for sure. Yeah, 100%. He's done a brilliant job. We'll move on now to Bournemouth beating Swansea 2-0. Alfie Marston continuing his goal-scoring form, this time at the wrong end of the pitch, scoring our own goal. He's, <laughs> I was about to put him in my fantasy team as well. I'm so happy <laughs> I didn't. He's, a, he's got a great goal-scoring record, but Swansea losing 2-0. Paul Clement, uh, he's done a good job, but... Uh, I'm still a little bit worried for Swansea in terms of the drops. Almost. So we'll talk about the relegations on a little bit here, I suppose. Sunderland dra- drawing nil-nil with Burnley as well, then uh, rooted to the bottom of the table. So who do you think was going to go down? Who do you think is going to join Sunderland? Because it's almost nailed on. I still think Sunderland might be able to get out of it, but it's very unlikely at this stage. Uh, I've always had a bit of faith in Sunderland. but Me too, I'm not sure why. Uh, they do it every year. They, they seem, they're like six points off the, uh, 17th place, is it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it, it's not impossible, obviously. It's not that hard to get back from there, but... I, just, I don't think they have that much quality. Defoe's their only player. Yeah, he's the Literal only, only player. person who can score goals for them. And uh, Middlesbrough, I think they're definitely going down. Uh, their team's nowhere near good enough, I feel. Yeah, Kranka gone and Negredo's not doing the business at all. Uh, Valdez, we made a mistake at the weekend. The as third well. team, I don't know who else. Hull, Swan's going to be the third team. Yeah, I still the, have Hull have done Hull. well, but I think it's just too much to do for Marco Silva. Yeah, I feel the cl- the squad isn't just quite there. I feel if they made, made the change a little bit earlier, or if he was in charge for the entire season, I think it could be a different story. Yeah. But uh, as as a respectable, I suppose, job Mick Phelan's done did, uh, I feel that he just wasn't quite at the level to keep Hull in the Premiership. Uh, and Marco Silva as well, he's had a, a quite a good career a very already. Good career. And was he who was he at in Sporting? He was at Sporting Lisbon. Yeah. And Olympiacos, he did well. very well. Both of them to take the whole job like. I felt it was a big. It reminds me of uh, Remy Gard taking the Aston Villa yeah. job. Like he was a good, he did a good job at Leon, and he wanted to get a job in England, so he went to Aston Villa. And then with that club, he just he just stank the place out, and his reputation is kind of in tatters yeah. after that. So yeah, I do feel though. Um, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, and Hull are going down. Um, I think Sunderland, like their time has come. They've been down they've there. They've been here for a long. They've time. They've been there for a long time. It's it's going to happen. Um, and I think this season is the season that it will happen. Unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be Sunderland, Middlesbrough and Hull. I think Sunderland, Middlesbrough and Hull probably too. And Hull are going down because foreigners don't know how to dig in clearly and Marco Silva has been <laughs> just proven. Uh, uh, Phil Thompson and... Palmerson. Palmerson, correct. Yeah. Palmerson. <laughs> so we'll move on to the last Premier League game to review. Crystal Palace beating Watford 1-0. Do you think Watford could possibly be dragged into that? Yeah. Because um, they've been... They've, since beating Arsenal, well, they just lost every game. Even before they beat Arsenal, yeah, they didn't. They've been that was a mo- like Matt easy Zari's game been for so Arsenal. Uninspiring. I, he's not been better than Sanchez Flores for me yeah. this year. Like, there's not been a massive difference. The way their team works, like it shouldn't, like it shouldn't work. They just sell players constantly, buy players they constantly, ch- change players managers. In. I don't even learn. I don't know how the players in this Watford team because they're not even the same from. Yeah, I know. I don't know any of them. They have uh, Niang. I'm not sure how he's doing, but he's, he's a pretty uh, good player, especially for Watford. Yeah, very good player for that level. And I think. Um, I don't think Matsari should. I don't think he should bother learning English because I don't think he's. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's going to be here next <laughs> season because. I can't remember what player it was. It might have been Craig Cathcart or Tordini, but they came out and said that Watford. Uh, aren't safe they're still in danger I mean they're not completely in the bottom three or four they're in a safe enough position relegation still possible but I think when a player uh, comes out and says that when they're not uh, battling relegation I think that says a lot about what goes on in the dressing room and the whole cohesion of how the team get on um, I think that says a lot about uh, how the manager talks to the team as well um, so I, I, I think um, I think they will stay up but I think I don't think Matsar is going to stay. I think they're going to re- they're, they're going to replace him again. 
And the last little stat I have here about uh, Crystal Palace. Since uh, Sacco's came into the team, Mamadou Sacco from Liverpool, they've won three games and kept three clean sheets to take over. So the thir- third success of one, two. Yeah, third, three wins in a row. So we'll take a quick so- uh, a song break and we'll be back after this. Hello and welcome back to part two of the Working Channels podcast. In the second part, we're going to be talking mainly about international football. And we'll start off with the England-Germany game last night, a friendly. Podolski's last game, uh, he was the star of the show already with his fantastic goal with their hammer, his left foot, as it's known as. 130 caps for Germany, 49 goals. Do you feel he's a player who's been underrated for his career? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I said this off air too. A lot of people don't rate him extremely highly or maybe not highly at all. But I think over his career... You know, being at Bayern Munich and Cologne, and then coming to Arsenal, um, I th- I actually think he's I th- actually think he's v- extremely underrated. I, I really like him as a player, um, and I don't think he's gotten enough credit. Yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of his career has kind of been tarnished by how I suppose homesick and well, th- he did brilliantly at Cologne. Don't get me wrong, but uh, at Bayern he kind of struggled. Yeah, and at Arsenal he wasn't fantastic. He had great numbers at Arsenal. Uh, something Dion mentioned to me a few times before off air, not today, but in the past. And then at Galatasaray, and his loan spell into, he was kind of just there. He's not really great. He scored, I think, five goals or six goals in one game for Galatasaray in the cup. But oh, seriously? Yeah. I was looking at his stats recently, and I was thinking, they're not too bad, but if it's like it's five like or six, six goals in one game, in one game yeah. yeah, that's not great. Yeah, so uh, what do you think of him? He never made it as a striker because of his movement. But he was playing 10 last night, which is weird yeah, enough. Just so he could shoot every time he got the ball. Yeah, yeah. He, and he did shoot nearly every time <laughs> he, he got the he ball. He had the most shots in the game. He had like eight shots or something like that. Jeez. Out of Germany, it's like 11 or 12 shots or whatever it was. And uh, was it? It was just a very weird game in general. Uh, Podolski is now the third highest goal scorer of, of Germany for all time, after ahead of likes of Waller, after Gerd Müller and uh, Klose. He's ahead of Müller. No, he's ahead of just behind. Oh, right. He's ahead of Waller and he's behind Jared Miller and Klose. And he's also got the same uh, in caps. Did you see his speech at the start of the game? No, I didn't. Did you see the song when he came off, though? No. <laughs> the Gladiator the, song was The blaring. speech at the start of the game, it was t- about 20 minutes long. And oh, I definitely The, the England players looked bemused. They were just standing there, like, wondering what is going on. It was just him talking for ages, but apparently this is a common thing for German players when they're tired. They just have a speech before the game. That's kind of weird. Yeah. I kind of like it, though. Did, did you say he was uh, above Voller? Yeah. I mean that's that's really says a lot to me. Rudy Voller is one. He's of a tournament player as well. He yeah. shows up in the he big does. games. Yeah. Rudy Voller is one of uh, Germany's greatest ever players. So yeah, I think 100%. surpassing him in goals is is pretty spectacular. It definitely is, and I feel that he he's had a very good career for Germany. Maybe he hasn't been able to replicate it completely at club level, but he's a brilliant international player, and that's that's something good to say about him anyway. And one thing we'll talk about England now for a little bit. And one thing that really irritated me, I just mentioned to these guys, is that. Jake Livermore's were number seven, and for me, numbers. I'm a stickler for squad numbers. It's something that really annoys me. And seven is definitely not a number for like a destroyer or whatever you'd classify Livermore as. But we'll drop that for now. <laughs> uh, debuts, international debuts for James Ward-Prowse, Michael Keane, and Nathan Redmond. Nathan Redmond, yeah, Redmond was very good off the bench, and uh, and so Ward-Prowse came off the bench too. I thought Keane had a very good game at centre back. He looked really assured in the three at the back for England. I guess that's where we'll start. What would you make of the formation three four two one for England? Uh yeah, I I think the formation did suit them all. Like England didn't play too badly, there in, in the game for a lot of it. They um, you really utilized Kai Walker in the right uh, wing a lot. He had more touches than any other player. Uh, but if, even if you look at the heat maps, even Livermore and who else is in centre mid? Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer, like 
the day all the Lalana too, all just drifting out towards the right a lot. None of the ball was being played oh. out on the left. I think if they get their key players fit again, like playing like Kane, I do think well, Sharon Henderson do have a part to play for England as well. I feel like they'd be uh, perfect in that. Uh, yeah, I, and I think that formation could work, and it's a formation that's kind of trendy right now. With uh, Tottenham have played a few times, Chelsea are playing three at the back a lot, yeah. and uh, Everton have experimented with too. So I think a lot of teams will. You'll see a lot of teams playing that. I feel it was great for them too, especially in the first half. They always had a passing option, and they they really kind of overwhelmed Germany. Germany really disappointed me in the first in the first half. Uh, they only beat one dribble in the entire first half, which is somewhat kind of shocking, uh, really. And I feel like Kyle Walker is, is really key to the system. I feel when Rose is back to you on the left, yeah, it'll be more balanced. Yeah, it's very dangerous. Bertrand is a very Bertrand's a good left back, but I, I don't feel he's he has the same drive going forward as uh, Danny Rose. It's the same for club level as well. When uh, Rose is injured. I don't think Davies has like the same. No, he doesn't. It's just a completely different team when you're missing that one player. Yeah, it's such a big part of Tottenham's game, and it could easily be a big part of England's game too, with them both really coming into the prime of their career. And I feel England. I think, I think they need more of a creative player as well. I don't think. Lallana and Ali will cut it. Yeah, Lallana, he's he's decent, but I don't think he's that level of player. That yeah, yeah, he's not. I have the needle pass. Yeah, player and Ali, Ali's he he's pretty poor tonight, to be honest. Uh, Joe Hart even had more passes than him, which is uh, that's pretty shocking, that's especially for. He was, I think he was only out there for a bleep test, probably. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <I'll be honest>. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he, that was pretty bad. Yeah. You mentioned Ali didn't really have a good game, but one stat that I found was quite amusing was he, him, and himself had as many dribbles as the entire Germany team in the entire game. Jeez, it was only three. It was only three, but uh, that's, that's pretty bad. Though. Yeah, Walker also completed three dribbles the same as Germany, and. Uh, uh, Redmond came on and he completed two in like 10 minutes or so. So What do you think of Redmond's season so far? Do you think he deserved England call? Because Theo Walcott, was left he's, out. he's England's second top goal scorer this year, level on goals with Ali. Yeah. And the fact that he's left out, like Mikel Antonio. He, I don't think he, Antonio should have been there before He picked Walcott. up an injury and Walcott still didn't get in. And uh, Gareth, Frost, uh, Gareth Southgate yeah. <laughs> uh, admitted Walcott was very frustrated that he didn't get a call up because he missed out on the Euros as well. And... He's bounced I back this season. Had a pretty good season, seventeen and thirty. Yeah. So, I feel I'd be disappointed. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed for Walcott as well. But uh, I feel his form's kind of dipped lately with Arsenal. Though it's not just him yeah. himself. And uh, I feel Redmond is a kind of player, especially off the bench, because of his ability to dribble and his ability to beat players. It's just merely for his pace. I feel he's a great option off the bench. And I feel I would definitely take keep him in the England squad, even if his performances for sometimes haven't been fantastic. He's in a his numbers haven't been great, but I feel especially he's been playing a bit as a striker, he hasn't, hasn't he? He's only got five five goals a season. Yeah, I think two of them came in one game as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so. that was a few weeks ago. Yeah, against Watford. Yeah, he's very. Uh, uh, I quite like him though as a player. I feel he has got a lot of room to develop. Yeah, I really did expect prospect. him to have a like, not a breakthrough season, but just kind of announce himself to the world. Just, yeah. but he hasn't really done it this year. But, uh, it's like Chamberlain every year, uh, the year Chamberlain of the Ox. Is. But uh, yeah, I I have been disappointed because he's a player I highly rate, but. Same with James Ward-Prowse. I feel like he should be on the cusp of doing something special every year, but they just he never just seem develop, to. It doesn't seem to develop too much. Uh, I agree with that completely. I feel like, but one thing that Southgate's doing is uh, relying on the players that uh, he had at under twenty one yeah, level, like Ward-Prowse, uh, Redmond, and stuff like that. I feel like if he has a lot of these players in the squad, maybe the same problems in the past. Yeah, Southgate and under twenty ones. I feel he's re- relying on them because of the. The problems the golden generation of the England squad had, especially with uh, players thinking the team should be built around them, Gerard Lampard. Do you see what Rooney. Gerard said the last? Was it? Yeah, it was Gerard. No. Uh, Ferdinand admitted that him and Gerard never spoke together at England. 
they're fun to snap together. They seem to get along fine. But Gerrard saying that, ah, you know, we played for Liverpool, Man United. We had a big rivalry, and that kind of explains what was kind of wrong with yeah, a the England setup. If, if that existed, if you look at like Wales for an example, yeah. a club who maybe like England, I don't have the best players. They they were bonded so well. Even Spain, Barcelona, yeah. Real Madrid rivalry, they did very well. Yeah, that's they, a massive rivalry. They all hated each Ramos other. And they hate each other as players, but when they would go to the national team, they just leave it all yeah. on the door. It's like a professional yeah. approach to football. And which is Gerard and uh, Ferdinand weren't talking. That you assumed that there'd be more players that weren't talking as well. Yeah, it was assumed it's the two camps really. Yeah, it's more like well. the Chelsea players like Lampard and Terry. Were they? What was it? Did they take? Did they have yeah. their own side? That's just a really interesting point actually. Uh, internationally, they definitely get on. I mean, I can remember in El Clasico uh, when David Villa um, fell to the ground after a challenge, and then Ramos kind of picked him up, and they had a bit of a spat. But you know, international international teams um, do have past problems um, especially rivalries of uh, they do have trouble getting on but uh, with the Spain team it, it doesn't seem to be a pr- it doesn't seem to be a problem with them Belgium's another one as well that's just in the country they don't get along people yeah, from different true. regions that's but true you can yeah. see Ukraine too with the Kiev and was it Konop- <laughs> Kiev and uh, Shakhtar was it Konoplyanka and who yeah. was the was it, a midfielder? it was Yarmolenko yeah. so it was yeah, yeah, I just wouldn't think it yeah. exists with England for some reason yeah. you think they'd just get past it but no Clearly not. So uh, for lighting the mood a little bit after that kind of dissection of England's kind of troubles in back in, in the mid two thousands, have either of you guys seen Alan Smith's Germany England combined eleven? I think I showed it to you earlier, James. But yeah, you, you mentioned one position, right, which well, uh, I already felt quite ill after hearing it. Right, in goals for Alan Smith, England Germany. <laughs> this guy's paid to work for Sky Sports. Joe Hart is his first choice. Wait, is this former Arsenal Alan Smith or Man United Alan Smith? Uh, Arsenal. All oh, right. So uh, Joe Hart in goals above Neuer and Tristegen. I, I don't know if I can get behind that decision. Kyle Walker right back is probably the good call right now. Well, Lamb's so, retired. So. Lamb's gone. So Hummels and Gary Cahill at centre-back. I don't know. Boateng for me would be... I don't both. know about Gary Cahill. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I don't, can't get behind I, I rate Boateng as the top three centre-backs in the world. <laughs> I'd so. probably have him above Hummels as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bertrand at left-back. I suppose above Hector. Hector, for, yeah. Who's a number really? 10 by trade. So. Uh, well, is he going by the... The squads that was picked are just in I, general because Rose is definitely better in the yeah, Rose is a, a, a virtue. And if not, he has Cruz and Kadira as his midfield too, his double pivot. So I suppose that's not. Yeah, I agree good. with that. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the best. Right wing, uh, Raheem Sterling. Central midfield, a uh, second midfield, Deli Ali. Left wing, Sane, and up front, Thomas Muller. So he didn't even have Kane in the team. I don't understand why Kane's not in the team. Yeah, that kind of baffles me a little bit, to be honest. Like Sane is a bit rash. Like he's a good player, but I don't. Ali above also too, even though he's had a better season. I'm still, I'm still yeah. I'm not I I wouldn't say it's, it's that outlandish. For it's that very one. just based on like the last six months. I think it's team. Yeah, I feel it reminds me a lot of when Didi Haman said that Barkley and Sterling would get ahead of yeah. Ozil in the 2014. Or when Germany Phil team. Thompson said to Liverpool fans, "Don't worry about Sterling leaving. Jordan Ibe is a bigger is a bigger talent. talent." Zero goals, zero assists at Burnley. So, at <laughs> Bournemouth so far, he's really proved that. Yeah, <laughs> that's just uh, he'll be remembered for hitting the post against Everton. That's it, probably. I don't even remember yeah. doing that. I, I remember that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so we'll drop the England game there. Uh, Podolski's goal was the winner in that 1-0. If you haven't seen it, definitely look it up. It was a fantastic strike. Uh, so we'll move on and talk about, uh, in a more local perspective, Ireland are taking on Wales on Friday. Uh, Ireland are currently top and unbeaten of their group with three wins and one draw from their four games. And they're coming off a win against Austria away, which was a brilliant performance not too long ago. I think, was, it, was that even was that October, November time? 
against so who was it? Uh, Austria. Austria. With yeah. The plane score. Yeah, that was. That was. I feel like ages ago now, but October. I think. Yeah, that was that was a great uh, a great night for Ireland. Uh, going away to Austria, winning a team that was still fancied going into the Euro. Austria have some very good players too. Yeah, players like they were terrible on the night, pitch. but I, I thought anyway. But they have got some really good players. Yeah, and Wales too are unbeaten in the group though, uh, with one win and three draws. They came off. They're coming off a draw with Serbia. Uh, the game's been taking, pl- taking place in Dublin, so uh, Ireland are the home team for this tie. What are your thoughts going into it? Do you think that Wales will come off their European Championship hangover that they've seemed to, to have and not been able to overcome teams in the last... I, I do think Wales, Wales should win this game. Just Ireland are home, but they have so many injuries. Rob Elliott is injured, uh, Paul McShane, Kieran Clark, Liam Kelly, Harry Arter, Wes Hootland, Dave McGoldrick. And uh, B- Robbie Brady suspended. Uh, Brady suspended. Oh, I don't know. Like Brady's it's a lot of. That's a, that's probably the biggest miss for me. That's a lot of players missing. And uh, Wales, Gareth uh, Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey, they've missed a lot of season through injury, but they're just getting back at around the right time. Yeah, Bale's back for the perfect and time. And I think Wales weeks, will have too much quality for Ireland. Like I thought, Wales were doing very bad this campaign, but then I looked at it. They haven't lost. They've drawn away to Serbia. I think they drew away to Austria as well. Yeah, it was so a late goal against Serbia. Yeah. Mitrovic saw it. Ireland are in pole position right now. If they can get a win, it'll be vital because first place is the only, the only automatic. automatic one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, there's only one team in the playoff, or is it two? I'm not actually sure. I'm about not that. completely sure. Yeah, uh, James McLean uh, wearing the number five jersey as a tribute oh, to Derek really? City's captain. Yeah, nice touch. Yeah, that's yeah. a very nice touch. That's he did play with them, of course, when he was here. I think uh, McLean's brother still plays as a centre back yeah, there as well. Yeah, so that's a, that's a very nice touch actually from McLean, a player who it doesn't always. He's got an absolute still eve as well because uh, yeah. he he's at the fear not today. The fear not today, yeah, of course. And so uh, for yourself, James, who, what are your feelings going into the game? Do you feel that Wales will have enough to beat Ireland, or do you think that Ireland, with home field advantage, will be able to hold out and even nick a win? I mean, when you look at the the list of players missing for Ireland. Um, you'd you'd probably fancy Wales, but no, I think Ireland at home, especially with the crowd behind them um, and playing well, I think think they're kind of I think they're a tough team to beat. Um, there was some antics as well in the build up to the match with Jonathan Walter saying if Ireland reached uh, the semi-finals of uh, the Euros, they wouldn't make a movie. Uh, but Wales <laughs> did. But Wales did. So I definitely didn't see that quote. Well, so <laughs> that's pretty John Walters. So yeah, there's some antics before the game, but um, no, I mean. You would expect Wales to win with the good players they have, but um, I think Bale coming back from injury and Ramsey's uh, Ramsey being off form, I think I think I can see maybe a one-one in the match. What kind of team would you play? Irish team. It's, it's a tough one without. Uh, Depends on Brady. James McCarthy as well, because there's been some yeah. talk about whether he'll play or not. Yeah, there's a rift between him and the Everton manager Ronald Koeman, and uh, not James McCarthy, the Martin O'Neill and Ronald yeah. Koeman. It's. It's been going on for ages now. Even the managers clash as well, from yeah. club to international yeah, level. It's, so. it's pretty bad, but I I think a Connor Hurhan, the Aston Villa midfielder, they yeah. signed from Barnsley. He could be given a go. Aidan McGeady, people are saying I he could be been, played as a number ten. I think that's a great idea. He's been playing fantastically this season. And yeah, for Preston. Yeah, yeah. Preston. Like a Preston are getting a bit of an Irish core. Uh, yeah, definitely. Too, so. They've a left back called. Um, Something cunning. Yeah, he's very good. I listened to an uh, interview with him not too long so ago. So was I. He, he's, he's he didn't get called up. Did he not? And I thought he was performing very well with he, Yeah, Mimidi, it's so kind of odd that he didn't get called up with... Especially uh, with how big the squad Ireland announced in the first place. Yeah, was Brady well. suspended as well. Yeah, like, I know uh, he's a left-back, but Brady's capable of playing there too. Yeah. Uh, but Cunningham, he's meant to replace Kevin Kilban, and then that leg break happened. Yeah, that's true. He's come back very well. He's and for some well reason, he's not been he's called up. So that's a bit of a shock. I thought he would have been. I didn't even... 
noticed that myself. That's something that I really, I'm kind of irritated myself about. But it's a tough one. Without Bridge, I feel Bridge is definitely a key player for this Ireland team. How do, would you build up in a more defensive way, or would you go? Would you go for it? I wouldn't go for it against Wales. Uh, at on the home break. though, yeah, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't shut up shop and take the and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and park the bus, should we say? But I feel pushing too far forward with Bale, even though he's only not back, just back from injury, he might not be fully fit. But I feel if you give him a chance to stretch his legs against your defense on when they're on the back foot, you're going to be in trouble. Ireland aren't. They don't need to get a win either. Obviously, it'd be ideal, but it's not imperative for yeah. them right now. I think a draw would be a pretty good result to be honest. With, with the injuries with the, and suspensions. As yeah, well. yeah definitely. Different. With the quality Wales have um, with Bale and Ramsey and Kano and stuff and Williams at the back but no I think I think a draw would definitely be a positive result. I feel when the uh, with when the uh, fans get behind Ireland in Ireland especially in Dublin I feel like they have the potential to actually beat Wales. I feel that Wales uh, making it to the semi-finals in the Euros has kind of uh, bloated their reputation a little bit possibly even too far to where the point that I'm not sure about that actually I'm not sure but I feel with the players like Ramsey struggling uh, Allen's still performing pretty well to be fair but without uh, the goal goal that he got at the start of the season but Bale just come back from injury I feel if he's not at his best he's proven for Real Madrid in the last little while that he's not really since he's coming to the team, the team's a little bit more unbalanced, and he's not. He doesn't look like he's back to his best. He's been sent off not too long ago as yeah. well. So I mean, when you in the game that he got sent off, you could see that he was struggling to yeah, was link struggling. up with the play, and people were getting annoyed at him. And I think I, it's it's the side of Bale I've never seen before as well. I didn't have him down to be a dirty really player or or, him, or do it? or do anything like rash, rash like that. Yeah. But you just saw him like uh, snap out of nowhere there, so it was a bit strange. Yeah. It was very strange. So, do you, any of you guys have anything more to say for that before we end up today? Um, uh, nothing nothing more to add really uh, I'd like to add that seen it on Twitter earlier Abu Diaby back in training after 7 months out with injury uh, real surprise there but I I looked it up and seen 20 year old Deli Ali has already more career appearances than uh, Abu Diaby who's turning 31 in May and that's as an Arsenal fan it's quite <laughs> it's quite depressing I've I seen a brilliant. quote I can't who said it uh Pogba is what Diaby should have been. Yeah. And yeah, that's the kind of player he was. He was so. the same kind of player. I don't know if he would have had the same kind of flair about him, but he definitely had the technical ability yeah. to, to make it. And that's actually really sad <laughs> for me. Way to end the show. So, James, give me something happy to say, please, before we go, please. Um, Arsenal aren't going to finish top four. I actually don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, check us out on Twitter and goodbye. <laughs>